thanks for listening to another episode of Moments with Ndero, where I hope to encourage you, inspire you, and uplift you. Today's guest is an entrepreneur and project manager. She founded Glorious Wills Ushering Services, an agency that teaches the business of ushering services, training ushers to be professionals and provide ushering services for events. She loves to speak French, moderate events, and she's interested in cross-country collaboration. Welcome onto the show, Clementina. <laughs> Thank you, Mutoni. How are you today? I am keeping well. How about you? I'm fine. Thank you. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about yourself that's not been mentioned in this introduction. I love to sew. So I make some of my dresses, I make them myself. I'm very interested in anything that has to do with craft. So you see me learning how to do DIYs, make tassel earrings, and every of those beautiful stuff, throw pillows, <laughs> anything I can just do with my hands. Knit, I, I know how to knit. Then anything that has to do with craft, I observe that I'm very interested in it and I do it from time to time as much as I'm opportune to. Then I, I like to try out new cooking, um, new recipes. So I, I take time out, like I should, do, I should do that cooking time and I try out a new recipe just to learn and to like make people around me feel loved. So I, I say to them, oh, I'm trying out this particular recipe, come and eat. Yeah. I think those are the other things about me that you've not mentioned. Nice. So if you were to describe yourself in three words, which words would you choose? I'll say I'm courageous, I'm God-fearing, and purpose. I'm purpose-driven. Nice, purpose-driven. And when did you realize that you were purpose-driven? So, um, after I left school, I got involved with this organization. It's called um, Federation of Ex-Student Colleges Christian Association back then, and the acronym is FECA. I don't know if they still maintain that name, but I know that that's still the acronym to date. And um, we had this amazing young people come teach us about God's word. And um, they invited us to a banquet. So at that banquet, you know, it was fun, food, but there was also Bible teaching, scriptures and all. And um, after the, the event, I got a second invite from one of the organizers and upon attending i saw these young people who were literally quoting bible without looking at um, their physical bible and they had this deep understanding of god's word and i started to ask myself is it the same bible we are, we are reading <laughs> so with that experience, I began to fellowship with them, learn what they do. I was involved in a lot of house switches. And from that moment going forward, for during that period, I did not get um, admission into higher institution. So by the time I got in, I just knew that 
I was not going to be like everybody. I could not just live my life because um, everybody was doing something. I needed to understand um, what God's plan was. And for me, it was just whatever the word of God was. So whatever standard the scripture has given us for doing anything, that was what I wanted to follow. So that was how it started for me. So over the years, what would you say your purpose is? So what I would say is that um, I would describe it with the word Barnabas. When I was in the university, we were going to execute a program. And for that program, we needed to wear this customized T-shirt. And it required that we um, included a name that we felt was important to us. So about that period, I was reading the Bible and I found this young man named Barnabas and the meaning of his name is son of encouragement. So I said to myself, mm, this is exactly who I am or this is who I want to be. I want my words to be seasoned with grace such that anybody that comes in contact with me or hears anything I say will be encouraged. So for me, I would say the underlining factor for everything is that when people experience me or come in contact with anything I do, they should be encouraged. And that is what I would say is purpose. That is powerful that you realize that the main theme in everything that you do is to encourage other people. So how did you come about yeah. founding your company, Glorious Wheels, and why ushering services? I was um, in church and there was this preacher that was preaching. I think that, that should be 2016. And it was saying that God wants to bless you, but he wants to use what is in your hands. That was how he said it. So for some reason, he completed his message. Oh, God wants to bless you, but he wants to use what is in your hands. And I began to, like, there was just this question. So what is in my hands that God wants to bless? Because I remember when I was in school, one of my friends told me that um, God times zero is equals to zero. When he first said it, I felt offended because I was like, what? God times zero is equals to zero. But when I thought about it, I realized that it was true because in life, if you're not going to move, if you're not going to take actions, if you're just going to keep your ideas in your mind, expecting that something will happen to you and you will just blow, <laughs> you might never, you wouldn't even have the impact you should have. So as that um, experience unfolded and the question kept ringing in my heart, God wants to bless you, but he wants to use what is in your hands. I needed to answer the question, what can I do and what can I do now? So I looked at it. One of the things that is very important to me is to impact people. But much more than impacting people, I wanted to be able to empower people. And I saw that a key factor in that is people's finances. A lot of people compromise because maybe they are not earning well, they want to get to a particular position and 
there's something they call about robbing people's bank. You know, you want to get this contract. Somebody is saying for you to get this contract, they have to pay me this particular amount. And you know that if you give out that much, you might not be able to deliver the quality of the job that is required. So when I figured that that was a major issue, I look back at my own life, like how, how have I been able to survive up until that time? I'm very thankful because I have parents that support my vision. However, I realized that every time I was not with my parents, I was either um, a sales representative for Nestle. I used to be a sales, represent, um, sales representative for Nestle company. So we had bottled water. We had this particular product. It's Milo, but it's in can. It's in a can. And we would sell it at events. We would encourage people to buy Nestle water. And we do that from time to time. And because we had a very hard working boss, we got several jobs. So we were at weddings, we were at conferences and um, school sports events and all of that. So we prepared cold Milo drinks at those occasions just to showcase our product and eventually upsell those customers to either buy the bottled water or every other product that Nestle was selling. And I just like it just occurred to me that I could package that in ushering. Like it was like a light bulb and Immediately the idea came to my mind. I shared it with somebody that is very important to me, um, Mrs. Shafe. And she was like, oh, I'm in, the, um, I'm in the process of building my event management company. And it would be a great pleasure to have your company actually provide ushers for us. At that time, <laughs> the company was not registered, but she welcomed the idea. So I knew that I needed to work on it too. I looked at it, oh, what was the market saying? In my country, there's a lot of um, agitation around security. So people go for job interviews, but sometimes they are not sure because maybe they get there, it's a scam and all of that. So I was very, um, I was very big on starting rights and getting the company registered before we actually go live by showing up for events. So I spoke to a lawyer and it took, it took me a bit of time to get the name out because at every point in time, every name I came up with was getting rejected by the CSC. CSC is the corporate affair company. They actually register businesses in Nigeria. So eventually the lawyer just said, okay, um, he went ahead with the name that came with his mind based on what he had seen me do, and we got the business registered. Once the business was registered, I think um, um, from that time, we got our first job in December of 2016, and that has been the journey. So that was how I came about ushering as a business. And what would you say are the key takeaways you've learned so far in the ushering business? The first thing is that Ushering service is actually a business because um, as I looked to grow the business, I usually, I have, I've always had those global, like I, I used to imagine myself having clients in Dubai, London, like, <laughs> but I'd never really seen anybody do that. I'm not saying they don't exist. 
especially as at the time I started, I didn't see enough examples. So as I kept researching, I realized that there were a lot of event planners that were doing that, but not ushering businesses. And as I dug further, I saw that a lot of people just treated ushering as a subset of the event planning business. But I realized that it was a whole process on its own. So the first and major lesson I had to learn is that for us to go as a business sustainably in glorious wheels ushering services, we needed to operate as a business. So I began to ask questions about pricing, I also consulted with somebody on taxes and um, the implications of the type of registration we had as a business, then how to engage people, um, contracts. I had to learn all of that as I grew the business. So one of the very important lessons for me has been that ushering service is a business and it should be treated as a business. And the second one I would like to mention is that Ushering service is a product. So I'm in the process of writing a book and um, that's one of the sections I would like to amplify. So because the service in itself is intangible, a lot of people have this perception that, oh, is it not just guys standing to say good morning or welcome or ladies to just show you your seat? But it's more than that. It's actually a process. So, for example, I, I, I see a need. Like last week, I had to tell somebody that, oh, yeah, having this particular event, I'm able to provide ushers. And even though the contract did not come almost immediately, but it came. After that, we spoke about, oh, how many number of guests are you expecting? Or oh, this is the number of ushers I would recommend to take care of your guests. And based on that, I looked at the company, what was the company's color, then had to engage the service of somebody to purchase a costume that was going to match that color for us to show up on that day. Then I needed to brief my team. Okay, so I briefed the team and handed that um, aspect over to the country head because um, in the structure of the business, we have a country head who directly oversees our ushers. So our ushers are categorized into co- cross-country ushers, that's ushers across Nigeria. So we are not limited by location. We build our teams in every location as much as we can. Then we have up-country ushers. So in my Journey have had people reach out to me. I had a friend from Liberia reach out to me to say, oh, she's um, on my WhatsApp contact. She sees my update and she would love to start something like that in Liberia. So for people like that, we also have this country ed that supervises ev- everybody that is in, that are hoshas within the Glorious Wheels Ushering Services company so based on based on that then um, the country had briefs the ushers this particular event is a corporate event we are going to be required to register people and confirm people that are already registered 
So we know that an usher that will be coming on board for that type of event needs to be computer literate. Um, he or she needs to be smart, be able to carry on a conversation because you know that you are engaging with intellectuals, like people that are professionals. And after that, you execute um, other things such as showing them where to sit and for that particular event, we had a tea break and they were there to direct people, oh, this is where you should have your tea. And because it was a buffet, people could just go to the table and pick what they want. So that is a whole process. But um, the part people are familiar with is just the usher standing there. They are not saying the fact that you have to pitch for the business, you needed to um, do data subscription to ensure that the forms you, are, you have created is working, the behind the scenes part of coming up with the concept of the costume. Like I keep a folder where I have those um, illustrations for possible costumes my usher can wear in different, for different events, depending on the type of event it is. So it's a process and I say that the ushering service is actually a product. So that is another major lesson I've come to learn in my journey as an entrepreneur. That is so amazing. You know, as you said, most of us just look at ushers as just people standing there and giving us directions. Yet, as you've said, it's an entire service and what you offer is a product to your clients. So well done in that. I know the pandemic has affected many industries, you know, across the world. So what's one thing that you've learned about yourself and also about your business during this pandemic? Thank you for that question. That is a fantastic question. I would say one of the things the pandemic did was to amplify the weakness of how we do business. So I will be honest, from the time I started my business, I always had this thing that there was a virtual perception or there's a virtual path to to executing the business of ushering, even though I did not know it. So in 2019, I started what I call the two days virtual hangout for ushers. And I used, I started with WhatsApp, and um, I moved to Facebook and I started to use StreamYard to um, create video content. But the thing that um, the the thing that cuts across both platforms is, is that I have guest speakers to teach about a particular topic and they just address the ushers. So I always had this, there's a virtual Parts to the business because one of the things I thought about initially was that if I was thinking globally, that means what that means is that I have ushers in every location. If I have ushers in every location, even though it's a goal in our business that at least once in a year we should be able to um, host our ushers and guest speakers in a fancy place where everybody will be able to pour their heart out and learn from one another. But I know that until we are able to achieve that, there has to be a way to communicate. So I started to explore this um, 
platforms, WhatsApp, Facebook, and all of those platforms. So when did COVID-19 happened, it made it very evident that the only way to earn as an ushering service business cannot be just providing ushers for events. And that is why when you look at um, the profile we have on Instagram, on our website, and what you read about me, the first thing is that I teach the business of ushering services. That is the consultation package. People sign up to um, talk to me about how they want to build their ushering business, and I take them through that process. The second thing in that value chain is that we train ushers to be professionals. So of, of the truth, we have, we do not, at the moment, we do not, we practice what is known as inclusive ushering. That means that our ushers can actually work with other ushering agencies. There are ushering agencies that practice exclusive ushering, which means that their ushers are only permitted to work with them as an agency. But because we, we practice inclusive ushering services, what that means is that these ushers have the opportunity to work with other ushering agencies, but we do not assume that they understand the values of our business. So we bring them on that virtual hangout section and we train them. We've had topics like etiquette, personal branding, the magic of service, guest management, just to name a few of, uh, of the topics we've actually covered. And um, at the moment, we began to structure the business to give everybody a chance because we noticed that in the pool of application, some people are very experienced while some people are completely new. So we mapped out a strategy to say, if you were a newbie and you've not maybe partaken in any of our trainings, then this is the amount you would earn. So if you are a newbie, but you partake in our trainings, then you earn a higher amount. If you're a newbie, you partake in our trainings, then you show up for at least three of our events, then you earn a higher amount. That is just to give these men and women something to aspire to and to know that ushering is a worthy profession. Like people look at you, you look beautiful. And the fact that you are doing something honorable to earn money, you should actually be proud of it because a lot of times I see that some guests engage our ushers and they give you this look of, oh, it's because you uh, have not done well for yourself. That is why you are doing that business. And I personally lead by example. So I, um, I got certified as a neuro-linguistic programmer. I went to French school. I just set that piece so that when my ushers see me, they know that we, we are in this business as professionals and they can pursue their dreams, earning from this as a service and become whoever they want to be. And more importantly is that it gives them a leverage such that no one can look down on you. Even if somebody looks down on you and they 
um, from the quality of conversation they have with you, then their respect for you deepens. So the COVID-19 just amplified the fact that offering ushering as a service is not the only thing to be done. So I started to think about digital products such as one-on-one -on -one consultation. In fact, the major source of income during the COVID-19 for us as a business was wedding website. So we wrote to all, all our brides-to-be because um, a lot of the events we do are social events. And we said to them that um, we are sorry that you are um, canceling your wedding or you are having to move it forward. As a business, we would like you to consider um, us building a web wedding website for you. On the website, people can read about your story, how you met. You can list on that website the type of gift you want to receive. You can also collect um, cash gifts on that website and you can share your invitation as well as the virtual, that's the virtual link to any other platforms your event will be hosted. And when we did that, we got responses from the brides, which they were encouraged, they were happy about the innovation. And um, we, we actually do, did for two, two weddings and that was just it for us. So it opened us up to a completely um, new way of doing things that is just beyond physically appearing at events. So I, I, I say it a lot that I'm thankful to um, the pandemic, not because um, I'm insensitive to the fact that some people lost their lives to it and to anybody that has lost somebody i want to say that the joy of the lord will be your strength but i'm also thankful that it challenged the status quo to help us start to see new ways of doing what we do better and better it challenged the status quo and you know, we always want to grow or we always want more for ourselves, but you cannot get more if you're stuck in your comfort zone. So yes, we were challenged and shaken. And I hope majority of the people who are listening to this can step out of their comfort zones. So in closing, how would you say you're still fulfilling purpose? And how will you continue to fulfill purpose when you face obstacles along the way? So the very first thing I'm learning to do now is to share my story. I realized that, especially in this part of the world, a lot of people are not able to pursue a, an idea or a desire because they have not seen an example of somebody that has done it. But when you see somebody that has done it, then it helps you to get encouraged and to go on your way. And today I was listening to a podcast uh, or a webinar. I was listening to a webinar and the person said that don't ask the question of how, ask the question of who. So one of the things I'm going to be doing by God's grace is to learn to talk about like the successes and the failures I've had, what I've learned from it, like and I hope that as I do that, other people are able to find their path and just create content 
that can encourage people in every way through what I already know and as I aspire to become better. Like I said, I'm interested in cross-country collaboration. So I look forward to as doing things with people across the nations, like speaking on their podcast, like I'm doing with you. And I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity. I don't take it for granted. The fact that I'm virtually in Kenya at the moment means a lot. So I want to say thank you to you, Mutoni, for that. So whatever opportunities life presents to me, I want to be able to use my voice, tell my story and encourage people that it can only get better, but you have to start. And if you can hear my voice, then this is the validation you need to start working on your idea. You're most welcome. It's such an honor to have you on this podcast. And it's amazing, as you've said, how you can collaborate with people virtually and indeed, we can do so much more by just, you know, stepping out of our comfort zones, challenging the status quo, and really pursuing our purposes so that other lives can, um, other lives can be blessed and other people can also be encouraged to pursue their purposes. So in closing, what would be the one thing that you want to say, but you can only say it in one sentence? Never be afraid to try again. That is what I would say in one sentence. Never be afraid to try again. And the emphasis in that statement is again. So you've done it once, you've sent that email once, you've applied. I've applied to TED, TED like three times already. I've gotten rejected, but I won't stop applying. I applied to Yali, I got into Yali. So imagine if I did not apply. I applied to Model Equas. I got into Model Equas. Imagine if I did not apply. So I'm going to say that the emphasis is on the word again. If you have that God feeling about it, then you should do it again. You might change the strategy, but don't give up. So never be afraid to try again. That is what I would say. I really like that. And I will hold on to that. For the entire week and even moving forward, never be afraid to try again. So dear listeners, hold on to that. And also the one thing that stood out for me is what's in your hand. We always have something in our hands that we can use, that we can multiply, and that we can invest in more instead of just sitting and saying, I have nothing. So until next time, dear listeners, take care of yourselves and stay safe.